0: Hey friends, I'm Taylor and welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm so thankful that you were here listening and joining me in my curiosities. We have more access to each other than at any other time in history. And yet we have never been more disconnected in our real life relationships. So let's connect. We'll discuss the wide spectrum of life's questions. We'll go from what are you binging on Netflix to how do you explain why bad things happen to good people? My hope is that these conversations will bring you joy, encourage you to lead out with compassion, help you discover the beauty in community, and most importantly, that the gospel of Jesus would go forth from this tiny corner of the world. Let's start asking questions. Hey guys, welcome back to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm so glad you've joined us today, and since today's episode is a part two, I wanted to take care of some logistics before we jump back into Amanda's story. Please subscribe, leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the show. Check out the show's Instagram at Taylor Asks a question, or you can email the show at taylorasks at gmail.com. And don't forget, my name is spelled not like taylor swift it's t-a-y-l-e-r not o-r and your phone may autocorrect and that's fine it happens to everybody but just in case you can't um, find the instagram account or your email gets rejected or something there you go So for context on today's episode, I really suggest that you go back and listen to episode four of the show if you haven't already, because that is part one of Amanda's story. We talk about her growing up in church and how she was initially prescribed pain medication for something pretty innocently, but it ended up leading to addiction. In this conversation, we're going to discuss Amanda's road to getting help essentially handed to her her relapse after the fact, and God's merciful rescue and recovery a second time. This episode was really difficult, and you may hear it in my reactions because some of Amanda's story, pretty much this whole episode, was the first time I was hearing these stories. So um, it may sound like I'm not really sure how to react. I think I say wow a lot. Um, But it was definitely really interesting to hear for the first time. So in light of this episode, I just really hope that anyone and everyone who is listening is able to reach out and get the help that they need. Here is part two of Amanda's story. Hey guys, this is Taylor and welcome back to Taylor Asks a Question. Um, This episode is going to be Um, a part two from our part one with Amanda and so I just want to start off by saying a disclaimer that we are not doctors of any kind so please do not stay silent if you feel that anything mentioned or described in this episode is reflective of you or someone you know. This episode will be somewhat graphic so you may want to prepare your hearts with prayer before listening and or possibly remove children from the room. If you are in the car, you may want to wait to listen to this episode until you are alone or without children. Okay, Amanda, so we ended the last episode talking about um, everything that kind of led up to your addiction um, or your moment of revelation that you were an addict um, and that you had realized that A, you were an addict and B, that you did not necessarily want to stop this lifestyle. So what was the conversation or circumstance that led to you getting help? Yeah. Um, so
1: after having that realization, there was still a couple years of um, me getting deeper and deeper into addiction um, led to me, uh, buying pills off the streets, getting connected with, with friends who knew dealers. Like I, I had no connection to that. How, old, how old were you? Probably 22, 23. Okay. Um, and so, you know, at that point, I think my doctors had caught on to what I was doing cause I was mm-hmm. asking for refills, you know, way too soon. And so that had stopped. And, um, Okay. So you got off, cut off from Percocet? Cut off. Yeah. Cut off from my doctor prescribed pills. Um, and then, but of course was not ready to stop. So, and couldn't go without the pills because I would be super sick because there is a terrible withdrawal that happens from stopping taking any kind of opiate medication. Mm -hmm. Um, so I turned to, yeah, buying them from drug dealers um, and people people selling them, basically, mm-hmm. which was a very dangerous and yeah. expensive um, thing to do. Uh, and within that was um, snorting the pills, and then that led to smoking them also.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I, to fund my habit had a job for a while, but was um, not being a very good steward of that position mm-hmm. and was using the access I had in ways in order to fund my my addiction um, mm-hmm. and was stealing money from my parents. Mm-hmm. I was frequenting the pawn shop and stealing or selling and pawning any anything that I owned worth value um to get money to buy these pills hmm. um and that's kind of i was just doing that basically in trying to maintain a normal life somewhat um it's so
0: like a, fun- still, a functioning addict yeah is that like what that would be that, that's that's okay. a pretty
1: accurate term is hmm. a functioning addict someone who's still you know like i you know i wasn't homeless right um i still i had a job for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, And not everybody in my life knew what was going on. I didn't. Like
0: we were, I feel like we were fairly close during, like, yeah, that was, so it's so interesting to have known you and probably knew you five or six years at that point Mm -hmm. and was working with you. Yeah. We all worked at the daycare together and it's so wild to hear. That's why like in the disclaimer, it's like to say someone, you know, like I had no idea. Yeah, I could, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and I had asked you before, like, did I just always know or recognize like a high Amanda or was it? So it's, I mean, it kind of sounds like you figured out how to function with what you could get. Yeah. So which means you were high, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not necessarily, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't need to be defined, but it's just Mm -hmm. really interesting to think about like, how you can do normal things and maintain a job and appear not high. Like I think like strung out is the other thing. Like in the movies, like you see people who are high and they're just like slurring their words and they're stumbling all over, but that's not always what an addict looks like. Right. And that, that, that is, that does happen. Sure. Sure.
1: Sure. But, um, a lot of Uh, genuine career addicts, I guess you'd say, have to learn how to um, maintain some sort of a functional life, um, but on their, you know. So like, again,
0: how we talked in the previous episode, how to perform, how to make it look like. Right. So this was your new mask. Yes. Yeah. And
1: I think, you know, being able to just kind of, like, observe, okay, wh- how am I supposed to behave in this situation? What am I supposed to look like? Helped this other, you know, mm. helped me cover being
0: an addict also, That's you know? so interesting. So, so you, like, grew up going, I know how to, like, observe and copy and yeah. chameleon. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's just copy-paste, but mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. So, um,
1: you know, so I, you know, I, I did that for a while, but I mean, there. It was crumbling, um, you know, mm-hmm. and like my parents knew something was going on mm-hmm. and, you know, we're pretty at a, some point, we're pretty aware uh, that, that there was a problem and that I was, you know, misusing prescription painkillers. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother also has chronic pain illness mm-hmm. and is prescribed pain medication for, you know, a very painful symptoms she has. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an addict and that being my drug, that was very hard to live in the house with them Mm. when she had those. And they had, you know, no really understanding of an addict either necessarily. And so they didn't Mm. know what to look out for. Right. Um, they didn't know that, you know, like they needed to keep their medications safe. Um, so I are locked up. Yeah. Or locked up. So (laughs) I would take from, I would take from my mom. Um, you know, and it, yeah. And so that caused problems too, because Mm -hmm. you know, like that's not okay. And then she's in pain and running out of pain pills and because I'm stealing them and it was, Mm -hmm. it was just a mess. So, um, but it came to a point where I eventually lost my job. Um, I did at one point go to a detox place for like three days to try to get myself off of um, off the pain pills. Um, And I did that and I actually worked. I I think I was clean for about three months um, Mm. and then ran into somebody from that I knew who had them Mm -hmm. and, you know, got access to it again and started all over. Um, But anyways, so the point at which I guess I wouldn't even say I decided to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. It was my life's falling apart. Everybody's finding out about it. Mm. Um, and my parents sat me down and said, sorry. you know, it's like, so <laughs> she keeps interrupting sorry. that woman. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, it, they sat me down and said, basically, like, if you, you, we're, we will support you if you go and get help. There's a program, mm-hmm. adult and teen challenge. We'll support you through it if you want to go. If you don't want to go, you can't stay at our house anymore.
0: You mm-hmm. have to you have to leave. And um Was that like in <laughs> retrospect, like the best conversation they could have ever had? Or like how like how do you feel like that is I mean, that's tough love. That's like yeah. we love you, but we can't enable yeah. you. Like we're not gonna empathize with yeah. how hard this is for you. And yeah let you keep going mm-hmm. because we love you so yeah. please don't. And it was it was
1: a very hard conversation. Yeah. Um but I you know and I saw and it still is really hard like I saw the pain this was causing my parents and yeah. I did not want to do that to them anymore like it was just tearing them apart. Yeah. Um and I hated that but at the same time Did not Mm -hmm. want to stop. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. So even at that point you were like, I don't want to stop this.
1: Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. but, so there was, you know, I see the pain I'm causing. I don't Mm -hmm. want to cause that. And Mm -hmm. I do, there is an acknowledgement of like, I'm making a mess of my life and I don't want to do that, but somehow trying to find a way to still have my, still get
0: my pills. Have your cake and eat it And
1: not wreck my life somehow. Right. Um. And then also I was like, I don't know how to be homeless. I can't do that either. Yeah. So um, I decided to go to adult teen challenge mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and so we had that conversation a couple of days. I entered into the program, which is a year long residential program. Mm-hmm. So they have a basically a house mm-hmm. um, where they house up to about 20 women
0: um, for a year and go ahead. Um, what is, so it's, it's a recovery house and do you just contact them? Yeah. Like if someone's listening and they mm -hmm. know someone or they have a family member or they themselves are thinking, Mm -hmm. I can relate to what Amanda is saying. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to stop, but this is ruining my life or I see someone and this is ruining their life. How, how do, would they contact adult and teen challenge or like, what is that like? So,
1: um, my best advice would be to like Google adult and teen challenge because this depends on adult and teen challenge is like worldwide. They have centers all over the world. It is. Okay. That's great. So, um, and all over the United States. Okay. But they're separated kind of by regions. Right. So if you Google it, they can kind of give you, you know, you can find, like, a map of, like,
0: where they have... Men's and women's houses.
1: Right. Men's okay. and women's and also adolescents. They have adolescent homes, too, okay. for, for girls and boys. Um, okay. So you went yeah. to one kind of,
0: kind of far, not too far. But... Yeah,
1: still in Washington. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Anyway, yeah. So yeah. there was there was one within driving distance of where my parents lived. That was because it was there was talked about um, whether to send me to a different state, things like that. So there was talk of that. So and that
0: depends on that's case by case.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, okay. you you can choose. Like, if I wanted, if I from Washington chose to go to a center in Montana, there's one in Missoula, Montana. Okay. I could have gone there. Oh, okay. Um. So you can you can choose where okay. you want to go. I could have gone all the way to New York if I wanted to. Oh, okay. But I my parents mm-hmm. mainly yeah. did not want me to be too far away. Sure. That because this was really hard on them too. Sure. They knew they had to do something, but this is very hard. So I went to one within driving distance of my parents' house where they lived. Um. And, uh, yeah. So went is a year long program. Mm-hmm. And I went there, completed the year there. During the time there, um, again, I found myself observing and seeing. Mm. okay, so this is how you become the best rehab girl, (laughs) essentially. This is
0: how you win at rehab. Yes.
1: So this is how you behave in order to get by and to be done. Um, and so I figured out how to do that. And in it, a common term in, um, recovery centers
0: is behavior modification. Right. Basically. So that's also a huge term I think within Christianity is with sin and repentance. And stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes.
1: So there was a ton of behavior modification. So I was, I was clean, I was sober, Mm -hmm. um, and I was, doing the things I was supposed to be doing but there was absolutely no heart
0: transformation at all really so this is okay speaking of heart transformation slight do you do you remember like your conversion like do you think that you were were you would you consider yourself a Christian during all of this or was it all Behavior modification. No, I, it was all behavior modification. Okay. So I, so you don't mm-hmm. actually believe that you were like a regenerate Christian. No, during this,
1: time? I was a person
0: who believed there was a God. Yeah. Um, and like believed that Jesus did all that stuff, but your yeah. heart, you were dead in your sins. Yes. You, okay. Yeah. And in the way that did not
1: have, the, nor did I desire relationship with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had, okay. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of where I was at in okay. this 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 year of doing yes. this. And again, just like in my life before being involved in church, mm-hmm. there were moments where God definitely got a hold of my mm. heart in that, you know, and I remember those moments, you know, I
0: remember. Um, he was like pursuing, like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a really incredible. Yeah. it To acknowledge know. like God was softening your heart, calling you to him, like, yeah.
1: Oh man, that's yeah. So good. Okay. It it was it was really good, and mm-hmm. and and I saw it a lot in moments of um restoration with my family too. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like, and it was it was moments of like clarity of like, okay, like you know, this this is what I have for you. This restoration and mm-hmm. this the, these things that you desire, you know, if you mm-hmm. allow me to like be in your life, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it just. You know, I would see those things, but then I would just go back to, you know. And it was almost like a, you, I was tricking myself into thinking that I was pursuing a relationship
0: with God. During your first end. During my all first, your first, yeah, this year. is
1: all the first, the first year. Yeah, because you learned the language. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, and sobriety in and of itself will, will
0: change people, you Mm. know? But it is merely physical. Like, yeah, it's chemical. Yes. Yeah. It is not right. New life born again. No,
1: not necessarily. No. So, um, you know, I, I honestly decide, but I I honestly don't know how people pursue sobriety without Jesus. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how it happens because, I, I basically tried that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it, you know, as you'll come to find out, it did not work. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: you know, but. Okay. So you did yeah. your year mm-hmm. in, in Teen Adult yes. Challenge. Yes. And you, what happened after that? So when so you came back home? I Well, I completed that. And then they, for
1: students who complete, there is a option of an internship at, with Adult and Teen Challenge Um, if you have desire to kind of be on track to like maybe be hired on a staff. Mm. And so I thought that that may be a good route for me. And there was other people who thought that would be a good route for me. And so I decided to intern, but I was transferred to a center in Eugene, Oregon. Okay. And I did six months of a year long internship there. Um, but again, because there was no actual, heart transformation. And I was separated from my family. I knew no one out there. I was super homesick. So
0: Eugene is six hours from where we are here. Yeah. Yeah. It's six hours. It's good, so, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's farther away. Um, and it was a different kind of program. Um, the one I was at was pretty, uh, I'd say grace based mm-hmm. this Eugene center at that time, was a little bit more boot campish. It was a little <laughs> – they had, like, strict rules. Okay. We're totally running a program different from what I had been used to. Okay. And it was just – it was a really hard transition for me. And so – And you
0: were going as staff,
1: not
0: – I was an intern. You were an intern. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it was, like, this weird in-between. Not a student, but not staff. Okay. So um, anyway, it just got – it just got really, really hard, and I ended up leaving and coming back home after – Five six or six months in okay. there, yeah. Um, came back home, moved in with my parents again, got another job, um, and was good for probably seven or eight months, maybe. Um, but was pretty miserable. I mean, nothing had really other than being sober. Nothing. My thought processes hadn't changed. My, you know, it just mm-hmm. nothing had really changed. And I was just kind of like, is this is this really all there is to life? I mean like so you're like,
0: cool, I did rehab. Yeah. I did an internship. Yeah. And I'm still broken. Yeah. So like and, pursuing these worldly things right. that are supposed to Yeah. Make your life better. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and
1: you know, another pitfall too of it was that I felt like, okay. I had, I, you know, I have a year plus sober. Like mm. I'm done. This isn't going to be a problem for me anymore. Like
0: oh, I did it, conquered. And,
1: yeah, like it's done. Huh. Um, and I think that after having a certain amount of sobriety, that that is kind of a, a pitfall for for addicts is thinking that okay, I accomplished, you know, a milestone, a mm-hmm. 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Okay, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but that is not true necessarily yeah 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 people can do it
0: yeah but do you um, so that was just something you discovered Mm -hmm. not not because of like ignorance necessarily but just Mm -hmm. because like even before you were like i had no idea i didn't know anyone addicted so that wasn't just out of ignorance yeah so i had never
1: really heard of people being like you know like no like i you know i steer away from the term like once an addict always an addict because i do believe that god has changed me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean there's
0: wisdom in knowing our weakness and right. our sins and our temptation. Yeah, temptations. yeah. Like,
1: exactly. Yeah exactly. There's wisdom <laughs> in that and and just not just assuming that just because I don't have cravings anymore that I'm never tempted. Oh you know sure. and
0: yeah. that's true of anyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's it is. For anything. Mm-hmm. Just because I haven't mm-hmm. had an opioid ac- addiction doesn't mm-hmm. mean that, like, if I go up, off carbs for six months, I see a plate of french fries and, like, yeah. I'm going to be tempted. Right. Yes. Like, it's, it's, you can, which is a legal thing, like mm-hmm. eating car or coffee. That's a legal addiction, yeah. essentially. Like, people need their coffee. And yes, yeah. it's, it's clearly mm-hmm. very, very different scales. But yeah. yes, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that that is. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. and I, you know, I just kind of thought like, especially because I hadn't gone through just a 30 day thing mm-hmm. that I had spent a year somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, like not, you know, I was clean that that somehow was enough time for me to never have the issue again, mm. um, you know, and it's, and just, then. yeah, and then um, anyway, so yeah, just being home, got another job thinking, is this all there is to life? I just, I'm living at home with my parents. I'm now 25,
0: 26 years old. Which for the record, when you're restarting your life, there is nothing wrong with those circumstances. Yes, for sure. Right. But all you were, your mindset Mm -hmm. was clearly. Right.
1: And because, you know, like I had had a lot of healthy friendships and relationships with people I had my healthy friendships and then there were – there was my friends who were addicts. But even those people were not really friends. They were just kind of – they're out of necessity. Um, not really – Like they provided a function. Right. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily – sounds really like cold, but I didn't necessarily like care for those people. Right. You know, or desire to really like pursue those relationships
0: because the only thing between us was – so you were like, I want to like, I want these people at my wedding one day, yeah, or I no. want to do life with these yeah. people. I want to go to, right. you know, have them over for a barbecue. Yeah. You were like, no, you are the people that I get high with. Right. That's the yeah. family function. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, and, uh, you know, so, you know, again, you know, I just got out of rehab, living with my parents, got this job, but I'm watching the friends and family that, you know, that I had had before. Mm-hmm you know, moving on with their lives and getting married and having kids and being successful. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I'm sitting here living in my parents' basement just out of rehab Mm -hmm. and, like, having some – just really, like, in my opinion, some dumb job and just, like, nothing, you know? And it was just, like – Which –
0: <clears throat> there, I think there is a real and good aspect mm-hmm. to that shame that can mm-hmm. happen. But I also think at the same time, because like when you do mess up or you do make a mistake or you do mm-hmm. sin, there is a rightful shame and consequence that comes with yeah. that. But then there's also the uh, incorrect mm-hmm. uh, like sur- shame that surrounds yeah something like that mm-hmm. that's like you are trying to get your life back on track mm-hmm. like people should be supportive of that and like I mm-hmm. can definitely I th- I think I would definitely think through like mm-hmm. if if I didn't actually think like I wonder if how long she'll stay clean like yeah. I want like there's always like the doubt of yeah. it but at the same time it's like I want I want her to stay clean I right. want like yeah but you can't help but have it in the back of your head I think yeah. as you do care for someone who's going through a hard time and again I I think that shame that you're saying like I essentially you, you haven't used these words but mm-hmm. like I'm a loser what is my life I'm going mm-hmm. nowhere here I am 25 26 I mm-hmm. live in my parents basement I have a dumb job mm-hmm. it's like those are those can be sort of true facts but mm-hmm. i think that the way culture looks at someone like that and how the church yeah. and how christians should look at someone mm-hmm. in that way i think that's an a um that's a misplaced yeah. shame yeah. again the shame of mm-hmm. the sin is correct but i yeah. think that extra right stuff is yeah i mean it i can't say that i wouldn't think those same thoughts that mm-hmm. pete that I don't think that that's unique, a unique thought pattern or that it's not unique. Mm. But man, Mm. like something like that, stuff like that should change.
1: Yeah. And so, and I think, you know, again, because I lacked any sort of relationship with God. So in those moments of feeling that way, instead of like going to Jesus and being like, you know, like, like, like what, you know this is how I feel, like, what do you have, you know, and letting him speak into my life and yeah. being like, you have, I have plans for you, you yeah. know, like, and just. How how do I obey you? Like, yeah. what do you
0: want me to do? Right. What? Yes.
1: Yeah. And like trying to deal with that in a healthy way. I just let it make me angry and those feelings mm. just made me angry and f- led me feeling just defeated. Like, mm. what's the point? What is the point of this? And yeah. the only thing that's going to make me feel better is to get high. Wow. So that's what happened.
0: Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was so eight or nine months out of re- eight, seven mm-hmm. or eight, seven, eight, nine months out of rehab mm-hmm. job. Yep. And you're just like, All right, I'm gonna go
1: Yeah, go, go messaged get high.
0: a friend, found
1: her on Facebook, messaged an old friend, and she basically was like, <sighs> I remember I was like, hey, how are you? And she's like, you know, oh my gosh, I miss you. And I'm like, hey, do you, do you got anything? And she literally sent me a picture of what she had and what she was like, what she was doing. And she's like, I'm two blocks away. And I was like, I'll meet you. Ugh. I mean, it was that easy. Like, it was just wow. like, you know, and so
0: it was just. I mean, everything that you'd worked like. Yeah, All the behavior, all the the hard work you put in, all the behavior modification that you had put in for two years. Almost, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just gone
1: in two blocks. Pretty much, yep. So, you know, and I stupidly thought, like, I'm not going to let it be like last
0: time, you know. Like, I'll
1: go and have my fun, but I'm not going to, like...
0: Is that, and addicted. that's a, do you think that that's a common thought pattern for people at, A out of rehab that then leads to relapse? Because oh, that's yeah. where this is obviously like, yes, we're heading towards talking your, to relapse. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. do you think in your experience and what your story like, that relapse is worse than the original addiction? I
1: typically, yes. So From what, I think the people you've met and the yes, stories you've met. Yes. I think, um, you know recovery um when you have a relationship with god and going through recovery and then relapse there's this this guilt and shame of like you know i had clean you know i was clean and now i'm doing this again so it's just it starts the spiral all over again but then also on top of it when you've allowed god to speak into your life or you you know you've been and you just it's like you can't unknow those things mm-hmm. even if you even if you have you know neglected a relationship with him mm-hmm. even if you push that away being in that in- environment and just saturated with people who are praying for you mm-hmm. you know going to church going to chapels talking about jesus doing curriculum that talks about it mm-hmm. you know you can't unknow those you're things you're no longer
0: ignorant yeah. to the right. things of god yes. and so therefore you're those at least for you in that instance, you had truth that you carried with you. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you contacted a friend um, and then you went the two blocks down Mm -hmm. to her place and you got high. Right. And essentially starting back at, Day ground, ground zero. zero ground zero yeah. okay yeah. so um yeah
1: and just you know stupidly thought like i this won't be like last time yeah. i you know like i'm going to be able to manage this better i'm not going to make this a problem i'm just going to do it every once in a while mm-hmm. but that didn't happen mm-hmm. um and i think you know just yeah just the the issue of the relapse and just knowing like you've had all this clean time, clean time, sober time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and you've, you know, your family's proud of you. You're gaining all this Mm -hmm. trust back, all this kind of stuff. And you're just, you're giving it up right now, you know, and that was, Mm -hmm. it was such, you know, I can feel all those things, but I also don't want to feel all of those things. So Mm -hmm. you just, yeah, just get high. Um, So you don't have to
0: remember those things, right?
1: And then you feel bad about it, and so you don't want to feel that, so you just continue to get high. Um, Toxic circle, yeah. And so, and at this point, um, up until this point, you know, I had not done any heavy drugs. It had just been prescription. Um, pain pills not necessarily prescribed from the doctor uh-huh. or my doctor right. but the ones I was buying were prescribed from someone's doctor yeah. but not <laughs> mine you know but yeah. they were you know like regulated pills sure you know yeah Um, but it was becoming increasingly harder to find those because doctors were starting to crack down on giving them to people. Like it became like, you know, like like really strict. So it's harder to find them on the streets. And if you did find them, they were insanely expensive. So my next option to basically get the same feeling I got from pills was to use heroin. Um, And it was
0: way easier to find and way cheaper. So that's terrifying. Yeah. Like that sounds, that seems like quite a leap. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, drug equivalencies i'm very ignorant in that way but that seems like quite a leap from percocet to heroin yeah and then also so terrifying to know how easy access was to getting that that's yes
1: i remember being with this this friend that i connected with and she was doing heroin and smoking it i should clarify she was smoking heroin and um is that what you do with heroin
0: I don't even know. Yes. Okay. It you comes in different heroin? forms,
1: you if it's can you if it's powder, you can snort it. Right. Most of the time people smoke it's, it. Yeah, it's yeah, people smoke it and then you can inject, inject it okay. also. So, okay. um but smoking it was where where <laughs> I was at. So, anyway, she was smoking it and uh we were driving around trying to look for pills for me. And at that point I was starting to withdraw and get Dope sick is what you call it when you're in withdrawal. Is. Okay. Yeah. So I was sick and we couldn't find anything. And so she was just like, just smoke this. Like, you'll feel better. It's the same thing. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, again, like the pill, heroin. Like, I'm not going to do heroin. You what? know what I mean? You had some so, level of
0: conscience. Yeah. But- you know,
1: and it, you know, and it was scary. And I was just like, you know, but I was so sick that I was just like, I just want to feel better. So I did it, yeah. and it was what I would feel from the pills, mm-hmm. but way better. Wow!
0: So, well,
1: yep. That's so, what they say.
0: It's a mm-hmm. bitter, bitter yeah. high.
1: Yeah. So that was the moment where I was just like, "Okay, like we can find this anywhere, and it's so much cheaper than that." So that's just wow. was a really quick switch. So then you became a heroin addict.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. Yeah. Is that so weird to you now? Just like, I mean, you hear how casually you kind of are talking, like, which is wild because it is a very serious thing, but it also is a testament to like what God has done in you. I will say like, Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think that there could still be a lot of shame around this, but Mm -hmm. you even approaching you about this, you're like, yeah, no, I'm a pretty open book. Like I'll talk about it. And I'm just like, yeah, that is something only Jesus can give restoration. Mm-hmm. In. And that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, just be like, yeah, I did heroin. Like, yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. Well, and it's- I've just learned from all of this yeah. that, I, you know, my life was a mess and amounting to nothing, but, you know, Jesus can take my testimony Mm -hmm. and my story and help people. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and so not to just be so like casual about it, but to say it because people are going to hear it and Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, that's, that's what happened to me. You know, like, you know, that that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, it's not, it's not without difficulty to, to tell these stories and to say Mm -hmm. these things, but I know that by doing it, you know, God uses it. Yeah. So,
0: mm-hmm. okay. So, you, how long did you, were you using heroin before you, or like what, what was that like? Was that mm-hmm. like next level addict status yeah. and how dark did it get? Like, yeah. So, um,
1: yeah. So, it's, started using that and it was, um, a more intense high. Um, but it also wore off quicker. So it just perpetuates the need for more and more and more and more. And, um, I started hanging out around a really, really rough crowd of people, um, who had it. And, I was someone in the group who had a vehicle, so I leveraged that a lot of the times, and it wasn't even my vehicle, it was my mom's vehicle, which is just terrible, but leveraged that a lot of the times, so I would, you know, offer rides to people and in exchange for drugs, Um, you know, and a lot of these people had, you know, terrible criminal backgrounds or had, you know, like warrants out for their arrest Whoa. so i was you know the aiding in a bed is that <laughs> aiding and abetting in criminal <laughs> no, activity i just was <laughs> the seemingly proper white girl in the mom car driving around unsuspiciously yeah. you know what i mean like
0: addicts and criminals
1: right yeah so i was just you know like casual <laughs>
0: Uber for drug addicts. Yeah. That was basically. Load up you the know, minivan. Like, yes. So pay the pay the toll.
1: You can't yeah, find
0: this on an app. Yeah, I'm like, gonna
1: need a baggie. Wasn't driving around in a car that was stolen. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like it was just, you know, like anyway, so that's the kind of group of people I found myself in. And um yeah, so I just I had a job, lost a job, had a job, lost it, and then just kind of gave up on having a job mm. and would stay at home, you know, I still living in my parents' house. They knew again that I had re- you know, relapsed and was using again. Didn't really know what to do with me. Um, and, you know, me being an adult too, they're just kind of like, okay, you're not a kid. Like, what do you do? Yeah. You know? And I am still to this day shocked, but also super grateful that they never kicked me out um, because they should have, mm. they absolutely should have. Um, I deserve that because I caused havoc and chaos and um, made it an unsafe place for them to live by the people that I was bringing around carelessly and all of that. So they should have. Um, but I love them and I'm uh, grateful that uh, I never had to experience homelessness.
0: Undeserved
1: grace. Yes. Sure. So, um, yep. Anyway, just, you know, and again, stealing – pawning, um, stole from stores a couple times, um, Mm. you know, and just participating in all sorts of bad behaviors, compromising my body, my safety, Mm. all those kinds of things in order to get drugs. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was 10 times worse than the first time. Mm -hmm. How long did that go on for? Uh, Probably two or three years. Whoa. Maybe two. Yeah. So
0: I. Wow. Yeah, it was probably two. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Man. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so what was your. How did you end up going back to adult and teen
1: challenges? Um, I. It got to like a really scary place. So I was using the heroin. I had gotten to another relationship with someone and um, that was not healthy either um, and was pretty <clears throat> abusive, mentally abusive. Hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, I
0: could imagine that. Yeah. I <laughs> side note so many red flags with this guy yeah. it was very that yeah. was a very that was more difficult than Voldemort because I was just like I'm pretty sure I thought to myself she literally has to be on drugs to be dating this guy like yeah. there were so many red flags yeah. about this this dude and I just yeah. I remember even I think you guys had left or you went somewhere and a couple of us gals who had met we were like what the heck yeah is happening right yeah. now." It was the most bizarre thing. Yeah, yeah. such a weird relationship. And uh, he
1: was in recovery himself, so yeah. you know, like he he could see signs and would question me, um, but he was very, very emotionally, mentally abusive. Um, and I wanted to be in a re- and was very like very manipulative, and so it would just be like you know making me feel like trash and saying mm-hmm. horrible things, and then turning around and just being like exaggerating like how much he loved me and just like so it was just it was just this like push away pull me back and um Mm -hmm. what ended up happening too a lot of the times is that my parents knew knew him and they didn't get introduced and so I used I would tell them I'm going out with him Mm -hmm. and I use that as a cover to actually go and do drugs Mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Um, and so that it was convenient you know, to keep him around too, mm-hmm. because I was using him as a cover basically. Um, but in, you know, a particular way he was abusive is that he constantly pointed out my weight constantly. It was just always mm-hmm. pointing out my weight and making comments and being overweight. And that was really hard for me. And so, I decided the reason the way to handle that is to start doing meth so I started smoking meth which as, can make you lose weight mm-hmm. so it help makes you feel like you don't need to eat and make mm-hmm. you lose weight mm-hmm. so um, and this is probably about a month before I went I went back to adult teen challenge okay. so it wasn't a very long um, time frame. Mm-hmm but I lost a considerable amount of weight mm. in that time frame. Um, And so, and I knew just with the mental abuse of all of that, you know, heroin, the, like it was just, it was just bad. And then, um, and I knew it was getting to a point where I was just like, I literally need to get help or I'm probably gonna die. Mm. Like that's die in my, I mean, that's just kind of like, I, I realized that that was my reality. And mm-hmm. I remember like being like, God, I don't want to go back. I, I know I need help, but I don't want to go back. I don't know how to go back. I don't know how to stop. You're going to have to do something crazy to get me to stop. Mm-hmm. And um, the next day, I my um, a few months before this, my grandpa had gifted me a car. And I was out and about doing stuff, got home stopped at home for something and saw smoke out the window and looked out the window and my car was on fire just out of nowhere. My car was just literally on fire that next morning. So you like yeah. prayed yeah. and then God sent your car on fire. Yep. And I mean, but almost burned down my parents' garage, like fire trucks called, could not get the fire out. Just, I mean, totaled the car fire. So, um, and we smited you. Yeah. So it was basically like, you know, like, okay, I'm taking away your transportation. Your parents aren't going to let you use their vehicle anymore. So what do you do? And, um, you know, and my parents had found drug paraphernalia in my room and confronted me about it. And it was just like, you know, so I said, okay, I, I need to go back. And my parents were in support of that, but also a little bit like, okay, well, what's going to be different about this time we did it before you know and I didn't have an answer for that I just knew that I this okay if I'm going to do something this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to go back um and I had to wait a couple days and those days were miserable because I was they were like okay you have to you have to stay here you're not going anywhere and like I remember going (laughs) this might make me emotional but I remember going up into my dad's office and just being like, I, I need drugs. I don't care. Like mm-hmm. I need drugs. I need you to give me money and I need to go find drugs, mm-hmm. drive me to go fight. And he just like looked oh. at me with tears in his eyes and was like, who are you? You are not my daughter. Like who oh. is this person? You know? And it was just, and I just remember just seeing him like that and just being like, oh, this is terrible. But at the same time, like being so sick that I was just like, I don't care, and I've yeah. never, I've never talked to my dad like that before. I've never ever done yeah. that, you know. And it was just so like, you know, and he was just so broken, and so that was really really hard.
0: Don't um, worry, I have tissues.
1: Thanks. <laughs> but um, anyway, wow. I made it those couple of days, uh-huh. um, and went back into adult and teen challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, for what they call a restoration. And that is for when people have previously been in the program and completed and then gone back again after a relapse. So, um, yeah. So I went back and I honestly don't know why, but going back and making the decision to go back and realizing that I'm going to die doing this if I don't change um brought me to the low point the rock bottom mm-hmm. and um uh opened me up to like okay I can't do this the same way I did it before cuz that didn't work mm. and so you know okay like Jesus help me
0: mm-hmm. I mean
1: and I just remember like I sat on the front porch at the um the house there and just prayed a lot, and like talked to God. and, um, I just remember those first couple of days being so important because I just felt God's love so strongly and felt peace that I had never, ever felt. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even though like I was in a safe place, but there was, a, you know, still all this destruction I had left. but I was, yeah, you know, I just felt like, such intense love and peace Mm. Um, and humility, Mm. a lot of humbling and humility. That was, that was a huge thing. Mm. Like a lot of um, just acknowledging what I had done and ugly honesty about it all instead of just, okay, I'm here, play the part
0: Mm.
1: of a girl who's making her way through rehab, you know? And I think I was more transparent and vulnerable in those couple of months than mm. I've ever been in my entire life, you know, just, mm-hmm. um, working through things and I just, I let God in and it changed
0: my life. Mm. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I have not heard part of that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, that is and I mean, that is the picture of like what the gospel does, like upon repentance, mm-hmm. you know, like God, his kindness leads to repentance yeah, that yeah. love and peace is what he so graciously gives us yeah. and. That is so incredible and I just will be, I know we're, I'm sure we both are thinking about anybody who's listening to this and yes. just like desires, new desires, change, desires, new desires and not behavior modification. But that is right. what a new heart does is it gives you new desires Yeah, and mm-hmm affections for god and a desire to want to obey his commandments and yeah that is really incredible so Mm -hmm. you then did so then that's okay so then you were an adult and teen challenge for Mm -hmm. like six months a year um so i did
1: a uh restoration for about three months and then was made an intern and did an internship for a year okay and then was on staff part-time for a couple of months. So it was about a year and a half total
0: time okay. being back a second time. And then that's where we're back to the beginning of the story yeah. where you had kind of met your husband. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really uh, crazy mm-hmm. and beautiful and just yeah such a yeah i don't even have words i don't even know <laughs> i'm just really overwhelmed by just that such a like living story of what of what a new heart is for people mm-hmm. and yeah um so how can people so you said we we talked a little bit in the last episode but let's talk about it again um how should people find out about adult and teen challenge in yeah. their area? What can they do? Yeah. Um, yeah. That and then how, or maybe even first, but like how do you think someone should approach or talk to someone who they think who they love a family member mm-hmm. or a dear friend? How yeah. do you think that they, How I mean, how do they go about that conversation? Like right. what, I mean, granted, it's going to look different for everyone, but I'm sure in your time you've learned like some basics. Yeah. What would be your advice? Um,
1: I think as far as talking to somebody who, you know, is struggling with addiction, um, well, you need to talk to them, you know, and don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't enable it. Um, don't try to help them justify it. Mm. Um, to that empathy. Yes. So, you know, I, I would suggest, you know, like doing it one-on-one or with, you know, a group of people who, you know, are like-minded and genuinely wanting to support this person and get them help. Mm -hmm. Um, doing it in a place where that person should feel safe, Mm. you know, um, and not just, you know, showing up at their, you know, sometimes it does take that showing like up at their house or whatever, yeah. just being like, Hey, we need to talk, you know, but trying to make it an environment conducive to conversation and being open and being comfortable, you know, and it's, it's going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but, um, I would just, the most important thing is that it, it just, it needs to be addressed and the person may not be receptive at all, you
0: know, like that. I is, remember having yeah. conversations yeah. with you about different mm-hmm. things. And yeah, it was like, yes, I know, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, what do I do?
1: Yeah. And so, you know, but from experience with people trying to address that with me, mm-hmm. that doesn't just get written off. Like that stuck with me. Like, oh, okay. Those people who brought those things up and me being like, okay, they, they know and they care. Yeah. That sticks with you, you know, and so okay. like even if that person isn't receptive to it, or blows up,
0: it's going to change them in some way, you know. I would it, think even a blow up or yeah. like an and a reaction in that way is like further evidence yeah. and proof of like yeah, you know that you need yeah. help. And, yeah, yeah, okay. You know,
1: and you know, as as hard as it might be, if you have a you know, a child living at home mm-hmm. with this, or you have a spouse who's struggling with this, Um, you need to set hard boundaries. You need okay. to, you know, like that. It may be a hard thing to do, but it is the loving thing mm-hmm. to do is mm-hmm. to set those boundaries. And like okay. I said before, like, so grateful for my parents for not kicking me out, but they should have, mm-hmm. you know, they absolutely should mm-hmm. have. And um, so it, it, and, Setting those boundaries after you have offered help, mm-hmm. too. So don't just be like, you're an addict, get out of my house. Right. But it, after you have been like, this is happening, We we need to get you help. Mm-hmm. Will you get help? You know, no, no, no. Okay, well, we're setting these boundaries. And if you don't follow them, mm-hmm. then these and are the consequences. It, and it's not
0: unloving. That's right. actually the loving thing. Yes. And an addict will, I would imagine, will yeah. manipulate and tell you oh, yeah. otherwise, yeah. make excuses. But it's like, no, no, this is the loving thing right? to, yes. to do that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely is. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- Mm -hmm. How, how do they contact, how do they find teen, uh, an adult Mm -hmm. or teen challenge house? Yeah.
1: So Googling um, Teen Challenge USA, depending on where you're from, Mm -hmm. if you are from the Pacific Northwest area, um, you can go to teenchallengepnw.com. Okay. And maybe you'll add that in the show notes. Yes, I will Um, add that in the notes, yeah. And that gives you a list of centers in Washington, Oregon, Montana, and Alaska. They're all options. Okay. That covers that area. Okay. So, um, and it'll offer, you know, resources, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Teen Challenge is not a uh, state-run facility, mm-hmm. so they do not accept insurances as payment. Okay. However, they are more than able to work with you on payment, or if you mm-hmm. can't pay. Um, so, money should not be a reason to not contact. Right. Them. So this
0: is not a fancy rehab in LA. No. This is yeah. not This is not celebrity TV, rehab, right? This is yes. this is just go. If yes. you know someone or you are someone mm-hmm. listening to this, yeah, contact yeah. these people. And yeah. honestly, like. If you are listening to this, please, like even email me, we will, I'll give out Amanda's, she's on Instagram, but like, Mm -hmm. and again, she works for Teen Challenge now. So she's, she's well connected. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, I want to say too, that this isn't for just people with drug problems. Like Mm. this is for people with any life controlling issue and that, you know, drugs, drinking, gambling, pornography, Mm. Um, uh, what food? Which is like anorexia, bulimia, okay. eating issues, disorders. eating yeah. disorders. That's yes. the word I'm yeah. looking for. Any sort of disorder. Any yeah. sort of huh. disorder. So it is. It is um, a place that helps people with life controlling issues and finding
0: freedom from those mm. issues. So praise God. Mm. Yes. Praise God for mm-hmm. for organizations like Adult and Teen Challenge. That's so great. Yeah. Um, thank you so, so much for sharing. I, I feel like, I mean, I know that this is going to bless people. This may open a lot of people's eyes. People, (laughs) we may be hearing some of this for the first time, but I can just speak to personally knowing you. And even though I didn't know, even though I didn't know you were high a lot of the time, you truly like it is it is such an a physical transformation. And yeah. just your heart and attitude and desires truly like God really has done a work. And it's amazing yeah. to see that. And thank you for sharing. Thank mm-hmm. you for being vulnerable and wanting to see God use your story and your testimony. Yeah. For- for people to mm-hmm. help them. And so, um, yeah, where can your? – what is your – we'll just throw out your Instagram handle real quick. We can add that to the show notes too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're – are you a private account? I think so. Okay. Probably. Well, we'll add it and okay. if people want to – I think maybe people can message you, but – Yeah. Um, I will
1: say I am definitely more uh, on Facebook? Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, we'll do –
0: they can message I, yeah. you on Facebook yes. or add, a, add you as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amanda Anderson, how common. Yeah. <laughs> but, like the white girl of white girl.
1: Yeah.
0: Names. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll, we'll put all that info in the show notes. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Love you. Love you too. So thank, thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, guys, and a huge thank you to Amanda for being willing to come on to the show and share this story that I hope reaches people and makes people realize that they are not alone. Uh, Let this episode and the previous one, I guess this two-part episode, be a reminder that you cannot know the secret struggles your friends are going through. Check in. Be there pray for them bring things lovingly into the light and do not hide in darkness friends there is always hope and a way for restoration in christ and if you are listening and need some help please know that you can reach out to adult and teen challenge at teenchallengeusa.org and i will put the link in the show notes as well so you have access there and um there is also ways to connect with um myself or amanda if you want to reach out and talk to someone who has been there and can help get you connected thanks again for listening friends you are always welcome here and i hope you can find joy today i am going to end by reading from ephesians 2 verses 4 through 9 For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast.